This is the Snug Podcast. In this episode, Standards for General Practice, Information Technology. We should not use IT as a substitute for things that are just as good, if not better. We need to use it where it's actually going to help. The one new thing, that the thing that we don't have, is electronic prescribing. Remember that you and your team are amazing, despite how you know just exhausted everybody is. Hello everyone, welcome to the September Scottish National GP IT Users Group or SNUG podcast. It is now officially autumn. I can announce that one of the highlights of the autumn will be the SNUG virtual conference on November the 10th. To see the programme and register, go to snughealth.org, click on the link to the Members' Day 2020, go to where it says register here to see the programme. If you're using your phone, click the menu button on the top left. The conference is going to be packed with essential updates on all the current important topics, including GPIT reprovisioning, Office 365, primary care improvement plans, tools for online triage, DocMan, remote working, near me, and loads more. Alex DeFranco, our business manager, asked me to remind you that it's essential to register in enough time to ensure your links are sent out for attendance. And if you change email addresses in the migration, please email her at alexdefranco at nhs.net. Now, one of the big subjects of the conference will be on how we are using our IT in support of the GMS contract. And this month, we're going to have a look at that exact subject. In conjunction with this episode of the podcast, we are sending out a survey to all members, which we would love you to complete. It takes about five minutes. How has funding for the new GMS contract been used in your area? And this will inform a discussion at the conference and help us to have a voice in making GPIT better for everyone in their daily work. A main aim of the 2018 contract was to make GP workload sustainable, and it has resulted in the addition of many health board employed staff working in general practice teams, pharmacists, ANPs, physios, phlebotomists and mental health nurses. Regarding GPIT, national standards have been set for the GPIT hardware and systems available within general practices in Scotland. In a lot of areas, this really has had a tangible effect. The Primary Care Reform Digital Programme Board was set up in 2019, and a letter from Richard Foggo, head of the Primary Care Division, listed a framework for primary care IT with a number of standards for workstations, with upgrades to solid-state drives, 8 gigabytes of RAM, dual monitors, support for remote working, Windows 10, DocMan, Office 365, and more. The contract also establishes that GPs are not the sole data controllers of the patient record, but are joint data controllers along with their contracting NHS board. And more discussion about that important subject was heard in a previous podcast episode when Dr. Neil Kelly met Dr. Lucy Monroe for an in-depth discussion. You can have a listen back to that one. Regarding the procurement of the next generations of GPIT systems, uh, we have to use this jingle again. There's been further delays. There will be no new systems until 2021 at the earliest. Dr Andrew Cowie is Deputy Chair of the BMA Scottish GP Committee and a GP partner in Dundee. And he very kindly made some time for a chat about where he thinks we are with all of this. And, of course, we got on to the effects of the pandemic on GPIT. And I asked him what he thinks the most important IT-related developments are likely to be going forward. My name is Dr Andrew Cowie. I'm a GP in Dundee. Um, I am the Deputy Chair, um, along 
uh, with Patricia Moultrie of uh, the Scottish GP Committee. Uh, the Scottish GP Committee is the uh, part of the BMA. It's affiliated with the BMA, though it's not. Um, it's all a bit complicated. But let's say we are the equivalent of the BMA that negotiates GP contracts. So we negotiate GMS. So if you are a contractor GP, um, uh, your contract for good or ill is our responsibility to negotiate with Scottish Government. From an IT point of view, I'm also Joint Chair of the Scottish Joint GP IT Committee with Chris Williams from the Royal College of GPs. And you're a working GP, obviously. Absolutely. Yep. Um, uh, uh, three days a week in Dundee. And I, I know you had a key role in, in negotiating the, the current GP contract and all that that involves. And I suppose from our point of view, we're principally interested in the technology aspect of it. And there were a number of goals that you set out in the contract in terms of developing national standards for GPIT, which would be overseen by the Joint GPIT Committee, um, reducing risk for GPs information sharing and, and the, the joint data controllership with health boards. And Obviously, a key development should have been the next generation of GP IT clinical systems. And I know there's a lot tied up in all of that, but I just wonder, roughly, where do you think we're at with that? Well, OK. I mean, let's start off with the national standards for GP IT. In hardware, we had a letter, uh, directions went out to boards about uh, expected levels of hardware that they'd be seeing in GP practices. Um, that went out about six months or so ago. Uh, so it's definitely out there. Just to clarify slightly, the uh, the Joint GP IT Committee is it's not an operational group. It um it's more of a sort of strategic chance for everybody involved in IT in Scotland to work out where everything is. Um, the group that really would be overseeing and ensuring um, uh, that these IT uh, levels are met would probably be the primary care reform group. Uh, I mean, again, if you're remotely involved in IT, you'll be familiar with the thousands and thousands and thousands of groups. Um, if you're not involved in IT, you probably don't care. But um, uh, uh, there is a group that's supposed to be making that happen. And it is progressing. Um, uh, certainly, we're seeing higher quality hardware um, where um, uh, if practices feel that it is not progressing as well as it should be, speak to their IT department. If, they, uh, if, they're, you know, if they're not getting anywhere from there, speak to their LMC. If their LMC feels it's not progressing, speak to us at SGPC. So I think the, the hardware, the National Standards for IT is progressing. I mean, it's it's always got to get better, right? So these are standards we want to see implemented, and then we're going to have a whole new bunch of uh, standards. Uh, the information sharing, I think this has worked. The joint controller thing, it was an absolute nightmare to thrash out. Um, uh, I'm literally, you know, getting on for over 100 hours of close-fought discussion about uh, information governance law and uh, use of information to which the vast majority of GPs, I, the whole point was to get something in place so the GPs didn't have to worry about it. Uh, we were expecting huge numbers of people to get back to us about this with you know concerns or problems, but we really haven't. And then on top of that, COVID came out and we agreed emergency uh, data sharing um, across Scotland. And now we're having to have another, we're setting up another meeting to think, okay, long term, are we going to, you know, how much of this emergency data sharing is going to continue? Uh, how much are we going to pull back? So um, as with everything, it's always a ongoing process. Um, yeah, the the uh, GPIT reprovisioning wasn't really part of the contract, though um, 
it's definitely something we want, which, as you have said, is undoubtedly being delayed. We're hoping to see um, the first possibility for practices to look at getting the new generation of IT summer next year. But um, uh, I, I, and I'm, I'm really sorry at this point. There's so many business uh, rules that go with spreading information. I'm not quite sure exactly where we are. But let's just say it is progressing really slowly and nothing is going to be happening at least until early next year. You won't even be hearing about it early next year. So, yes, we're disappointed with that. Um, uh, uh, I'm, I don't blame Scottish government. Um, I think they've been... They took what seemed like a fairly sensible approach, which you could certainly argue has been more effective than in other smaller markets like Wales. Um, or you could definitely argue, I'm sure, I, I hope that we get people writing in to say, if only they'd done it this way. I, I, I would value people's opinions. Yeah. Well, I mean, away from IT, I mean, I, I'm, I think the good thing about the new contract has been having all the new staff members in, you know, and expanding the services we can give. You know, I, I think... Possibly the old contract was too prescriptive, you know, in, in terms of things like quaff targets and coding and business rules. But I, I do think this one gives a lot more scope to use your imagination, you know, and develop things in the practice. Are, are you happy with the implementation of the new contract generally? Well, the whole point of the new contract was that quaff wasn't in it, was it not? Um, uh, the so I mean that's well, gone. I mean I mean the old contract. Oh, the not... old old one, right? Sorry, yes. So moving moving to moving to this system gives you a lot more scope yes. for sharing decision making, being patient centred, and and also um, using staff in new ways. That is absolutely the aim. Um, our problem is, as with so much of this, is variation in implementation. Um, there are parts of this multidisciplinary team which are working brilliantly. I mean, every part is working brilliantly in some parts of Scotland, but some parts of Scotland are um, uh, have less. Uh, their boards have been less proactive. Um, uh, and it, the problem is you're either prescriptive and give very strong national rules about how things are done, which are always wrong um, uh, uh, when you actually look at the, lo uh, the local requirements, or you put down strong guidelines to boards um, and then hope they do it. Um, our feeling would be that some boards have tried harder than others. And obviously, COVID has uh, put a hand grenade into plans. Um, and uh, we are there are complicated discussions going on at the moment. Though, sorry, that's not very IT related. No, that's fine. Um, it, it's obviously IT is there to support the, the, the work we do in general. Um, so, so obviously the contract was there trying to um, rescue general practice from a, a sort of workforce and sustainability crisis. And against this, along comes 2020 and COVID. And in, in a sense, in, well, certainly from my point of view in Fourth Valley, this has driven things, you know, from an IT point of view, things like remote access, webcams, GPs have had to embrace new ways of working, use the telephone, video consulting, use Teams, uh, things like e-consult, use emails, uh, deal with digital images. Um, it's been an amazing time and it's been a difficult time, but I just wonder what does SGPC need to do to support us going forward from now okay i mean i think i mean first of all i think the it departments um 
the local IT departments really did well. I mean, I've already said that there was there's been variation in boards in many areas, but I, I think every single board, um, the IT departments really came up trumps, uh, implemented things we've been looking for for a long time. I think over the next year or so, the the one new thing, the the thing that we don't have, um, is electronic prescribing, and that's been a priority for some time, uh, and. Uh, I think recent events have got it ratcheted up. The problem is it's tied up with IT reprovisioning. Um, uh, and this is, you know, IT reprovisioning is slowing everything big because until we know uh, exactly what GPIT we're getting, it's very difficult to know what bolt-ons we're going to need and how they're going to have to work together. But electronic prescribing is the big thing we need to be seeing. Everything else is, again, implementing things we know works in a local manner that works for practices. Uh, the uh, digital asynchronous consultation systems you're talking about like eConsult don't suit every practice um, uh, uh, but we want every practice uh, every practice to have access to some sort of system like this if they want it um, uh, and we want to support them to use it if they want it um, telephone and video consulting I mean oh, what would I say about 90% of my consultations are by telephone at the moment we use near me fairly rare, rarely um, my personal feeling is that near me is not yet in a position where it's as easy as a telephone for many people. Um, I think working on it to make it simpler, um, I think makes sense because it's rare that video is worse than telephone. Um, so if we could get video to be as easy as telephone, I think everybody would use it more. And it does have some genuine advantages. At the moment, I think telephone outweighs you know, its simplicity of use outweighs the benefits of video consulting in many areas. But what everybody is desperate to do is to get back to face to face. I, I think we're going to be using teleconsulting long term. It's always going to be part. Now, I don't see it going away. But right now, I think both patients and GPs would say telephone teleconsulting is hard. It's, um, it's surprisingly tiring. Um, uh, there's lots of anxieties about risk. We have to do it. I think it's the right thing to do. But uh, I don't see, uh, in fact, I would strongly object to a world where um, near me consulting was seen as the default. And in fact, the there was a quote used about that nationally, which has since been withdrawn. I think it should be available, but it cannot become the default way that GPs and their patients interact. I mean, we're, we're so used to the face-to-face -face contact. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I heard somebody talking on the Hot Topics podcast, actually, the guy that runs that, uh, and he was making the point that we need that human contact, you know, and patients need it. Um, and it's not the same over the telephone. Yes, totally agree. I mean, uh, in IT is amazing. Good IT uh, is a um, efficiency multiplier, which we desperately need, given the sort of, you know, uh, limited workforce and huge amount of work we need doing. But we should not use IT as a substitute for things that are just as good, if not better. We need to use it where it's actually going to help and uh, I, I'm sure people will argue me, uh, with me about this. Um, and that's fine, because I do think we need to look at teleconsulting. I think we need to keep trying to make it better. But that does not mean it has to be the default. No. And I mean, you look at doing things better in general, you know, in terms of more convenience for patients. If they don't have to come in, that's fine. But actually, we don't want to say, you know, you can't come in. We want people to come in when they need to. One thing I just wanted to ask, I mean, during the pandemic, we've obviously been in a world of shielding and, you know, you'd be aware of all the, the, the moves to try and share GP summaries uh, over the past few years. And you've mentioned about the difficulties with information sharing. I mean, I have found it quite tedious having to type in 
details of comorbidities into key information summaries. And I just would have loved it if we'd been able to share our GP summaries on the clinical portal for out-of-hours GPs or triaging GPs. Do you you think we should be able to do that now? 90% of me says absolutely yes. I mean, we've been looking for, one of the things we want is not a key information summary that is held by GPs, but a key information summary which um, is able to access Uh, GP records and extract agreed information, um, but can also be updated by other services, by, you know, by secondary care, by uh, mental health, by district nurses. Um, This current ridiculous bottleneck uh, where in so many areas, um, uh, uh, if you want something on the KISS, you have to send the GP a letter and ask the GP very nicely to type it in is clearly ridiculous. Um, And we've been pushing for that for the last two years. Um, so we would very much like something that is able to give a useful summary. The, the thing that, you know, a year or so ago when we were looking at this, we did have some slight anxieties about the just having a, a read code header for conditions simply because of the level of data quality, the different ways that practices store data. Um, and sometimes uh, when you – GP practices are expected to keep data uh, – in a manner that allows them to look after their patients safely. That is not necessarily the same as uh, uh, keeping their data in a way that allows other people to know everything they need to know about their patients. Um, and of course, you know, we would all like a standardized data entry. Um, and goodness knows there are plenty of people in Scotland who are always coming to us saying, if GPs just could do this um, and could store it in this way, it'd be much easier to extract. Um, we have been very reluctant to sign up to that um, uh, uh, for two reasons. One, because one, it's a lot of work. And two, because is this really going to be the final thing or is someone else going to try and change it? So we have to go back to what we did before. So we can the, the whole data quality discussion is you know one that we've had um, and will continue to have and is really important. But from an SGPC point of view, our job is to ensure that doctors are not turned into data entry clerks. Um, I mean, that just isn't what we are expert at, and there aren't enough of us to do what we are expert at. No, and it's all about using our data in the best possible way, isn't it? In the safe, keep obviously in a secure way. Um, great. Well, I mean, obviously, most GPs don't appreciate you know, the, the committees and the work that goes on in the background to, to, to try and um, make our lives better. And so we do appreciate the work you do. Um, and I, I guess just to finish off with, I, I wonder, if, do you have any final uplifting or, or positive messages for snug members uh, as we face a, a difficult winter? I don't really. I think it's going to be tough. I think that, uh, uh, I mean, my own practice, the GPs I talk to, the staff I talk to, I think everybody is pretty exhausted. I think um, what we need to do, um, you know, I mean, the first few months were amazing. Uh, you know, a bunch of innovations and changes in the way we work and a lot of cooperation. We had, a, you know, a clear direction um, uh, and it was urgent. And we, you know, I was really proud of the whole NHS, certainly in Tayside. It worked really well. Um, now everyone's knackered. Um uh, we haven't had our holidays. We, we, I mean, we literally haven't had our holidays. All these things we'd had booked, you know, we haven't gone on. We're not seeing our friends. We're not seeing our family. Um, and we're just getting more and more stuff hitting us all the time. So um, if I've got a message for GPs, it's be kind to each other. Um, look after each other. Um, if you are needing help, um, uh, 
it's really difficult. What you really need is, you know, a week's holiday somewhere lovely with your loved ones. And we can't give you that. Um, but the BMA does have a lot of resources. Your local LMCs can, you know, if, if you don't know where else to go, speak to the LMC um, and uh, see what else they can do. Um, remember that you and your team are amazing, despite how, you know, just exhausted everybody is. Um, and I really wish you the best of luck. People are, you know, when you speak to Scottish government, they are so grateful for what uh, uh, general practice have done. We've kept going the whole time. We've enabled the system to keep working. Um, you can slightly eye roll that some services are taking advantage of that, and we are pushing back hard on that. Um, but when it comes down to it, um, I think our value, our ability, our relationships to our patients, our flexibility, our rapidity of change has really been highlighted here. So if that's a tiny silver lining in a terrible time, let's go with that. Yeah, I think that's a good a good place to end. Uh, Andrew, you've been really kind uh, giving us your time today. I uh, just want to wish you all the best um, for the flu season. Uh, well, thank you so much. And to you and to everybody else. Um, and nearly happy Christmas. <laughs> Mince pies well, arrived in Tesco. That's when I decide that it's nearly Christmas. I think we'll all be glad to see the end of 2020 anyway. <laughs> we will. Well, I'm really glad Andrew just about managed to finish on a positive note at the end. I forgot to ask him if he has his Christmas tree up yet, but I suspect not quite. I thought that was a great overview of where GPIT currently is and the main issues we are all facing in trying to provide good care to the population. Please don't forget to have a look at the Snug Survey and how well the GPIT standards are being rolled out in your area. If you think they aren't, this is one way that you can make your local board aware and help give general practice the systems we need to work effectively and safely during the months and years ahead. You may well not appreciate the full amount of hard work that goes on in the background so that your IT systems are provided to you in a way that helps you to keep working. There's a link to the survey in the podcast notes, information on the GMS contract and also the Scottish GP committee and what it's doing for you. Thanks for listening and I just wanted to thank my brother as well for letting us use a couple of his musical pieces in the background. Thanks Pete. Speak to you all soon.